Sit down if you want to. Right in the middle of what's going on. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. Take a seat, young Skywalker. The middle children of history, man. Middle of the day, Alfred? Please, take a seat there. Right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Stop the middle of the base hit! Meeting in the middle. They fought for the freedom of middle. 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 The middle of the middle. The middle of the war. Freaking ridiculous. Why don't we have a seat to talk about? No, not the middle seat. Hello, everybody. When you need a minute to look it over, it's time for a freeze frame. Where Nate Longrini, Andrew Roger, and Jake Hensler of the middle seats, and this show is designed to take a quick look at a. Something different each week. Uh, so it's obviously been a while since we've done a freeze frame. And in our main podcast, we talked about uh, some of the biggest hits from the summer. But now we wanted to take a quick look at the best of the rest since we've been missing. Uh, it's been almost six, seven months since we've done our last main podcast. And a lot of movies have come out in right. the meantime. a lot to cover. Yeah. So really quick, let's introduce our cast here and we'll go over some of our favorite movies uh, in the time that we've been gone. Let's start with Jake Hensler. All righty then. Um, one of my favorite movies of the year, uh, Annihilation, directed by Alex Garland, who also wrote and directed Ex Machina. Um, Annihilation, just real quick, is about a uh, starring Natalie Portman, um, her husband goes is in the army. She go, he goes off to kind of figure out what this thing is that crashed into a state park. It's you know growing. We don't know much about it. He comes back. He's not quite the same. She investigates herself with a team, and what they find in there is not only life changing but life altering. So yeah, it's about their journey of finding out what the hell is going on in what they um, what they call the shimmer, and it's engulfing all kinds of stuff. It's altering all kinds of life forms and i really really enjoyed it i think it's it's interesting it's tense um it's it's got a lot of cool uh scenes and i think its third act is particularly exhilarating and mind-boggling i think the first act is good second act is good i like them a lot and that third act really just really threw me for a loop it's it gets really philosophical at the end and i was just all about it um, I like where Alex Garland went with the movie. Um, I think Natalie Portman does a really good job in, as an actress. And overall, I just thought it was really entertaining, really tense. And, you know, when a movie can dive into philosophical themes and do it well, I tip my hat to you. And this one certainly did it. Yeah, for both of his movies so far, Alex Garland, he's clearly, he's been an established writer throughout the sci-fi genre for like at least a decade, maybe more. He did, he helped on, uh, I believe, 28 Days Later, a couple other things. Um... Both of his movies have been really, really good for me, if not quite great. They're really ambitious. They're really dark. They're, like, very much thinking man sci-fi, and they're visually stunning. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Portman is really strong in here. He assembles a really good cast. Um, there are just some aspects of, like, character for me that sometimes is a little hard for me to connect with his films. They're a little alien at points. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I, it's a really good movie. I would recommend it. It's certainly in, like, my top 15 mm -hmm. of the year uh, so far. Uh, but it's just more impressive sci-fi spectacle that I appreciate more than I, like, love, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally yeah. fair. And Alien is a great adjective for this kind of movie, from what I've heard. It's on my to-watch list, and I'm really hoping I can get to it soon. Yeah, Nate, I think, I, I think you'll dig this one a lot, because you are a thinking man sci-fi kind of guy. I think you'll dig it. <laughs> I agree. I think you'll really like it. Yeah. All right, so, Drew, let's hear your movie here. Hmm, so... 
there's been, it's been a pretty good year overall. I've seen, I think I'm in the 60s or 70s for movies, which is below my usual total at this point. But you got to give me a break. I'm starting a new job. I'm starting a new life. You know what I mean? Oh, wow, slacker. <laughs> Note to all our viewers. <laughs> Watching 60 movies a year is not normal. Don't feel bad. Yeah. I've seen maybe 10. <laughs> this is Andrew's normal. You should all strive to be me is what I'm trying to say. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the movie that I would put probably third that I want to mention here is Isle of Dogs by Wes Anderson. Uh, now, of course, Wes Anderson is one of the big artistes of the, of the film industry right now. Um, he makes these very artistically weird, strange, but... He has this really culty fan base that love his work, just love it. Um, and this is, for me, Isle of Dogs. It's a stop-motion animated movie. Uh, it's got a little bit of CGI mixed in. It's about um, a like dystopia in Japan where dogs are outlawed because the president or whoever, the person in charge, is a big cat person, so they outlaw all the dogs. Um, and the dogs are all played by high-profile celebrities, Brian Cranston, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Murray, uh, his usual cast of characters. It's got a really big cast. It's this really quirky, really heartfelt, really funny and beautifully animated uh, film that is really unique. And if you love his style, this is like peak Wes Anderson, I think. It's his style at its most, like, neurotic and most interesting. Have you guys seen any Wes Anderson? Jake, I know you're a little iffy on it. I don't know about you, Nate. I've seen a little bit here and there. Yeah, I saw Moonrise Kingdom and I thought it was good, not great, which I know is a minority opinion, but I don't know if I've seen anything else. Right, you Grand Budapest Hotel, Life Aquatic with Ziz Zizzo. Yeah, I miss those. Royal Tenenbaum. It's a movie. I don't don't start with Isle of Dogs. Is my suggestion. Um, but if you're right. already a really big fan of Wes Anderson, it's a really treasuring experience. Right. I didn't see it. Nate didn't see it. So you're you're a little lonesome here today. Mm. Uh, so, uh, one movie that just came out that people might be interested in is Ocean's Eight, which is picking up. The Oceans franchise uh, with a new twist, with an all-female cast for the heist. Um, I saw it, and I think it was actually a pretty worthy successor that I can see going off into a successful uh, spinoff of the franchise overall. It's not amazing. Um, Oceans 11th is pretty darn good. Not perfect, but pretty darn good. This one, a little less good than that, but still enjoyable. Um, if there's any positives to take away from the movie, though, it's the cast. The cast just does a great job of uh, maintaining that confident, almost cocky attitude, but still maintaining that level of charm and um, fun professionalism, if you can call it that, for a heist movie that I think almost anyone can go to a theater and enjoy. I, w I wish we had a full review for this one, because I think we actually would differ a little bit here. Um, I thought it was just all right. I like I didn't actually care for it too much. Um, I agree that the original Oceans is really good. Uh, I shouldn't say the original. I haven't seen the original. <laughs> but the remake of the original is great by Steven Soderbergh with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. And this is a continuation of that, obviously. Uh, my, I think my biggest problem with it, personally, was that it sets all the pieces for the heist. And the heist is pretty well executed. And it's pretty thrilling to watch. But as good as the cast is and as good as they are as individual pieces, I never really felt like they came together as a really cohesive team. Like, we don't get a lot of banter in between them. It's just so go, go, go throughout the whole time. And that was my biggest problem, because that's those were my favorite parts of the original trilogy, is just having these big movie stars interact with each other. And there are moments of that, but it just felt like a lot of it, it felt very disconnected for me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought it was fine. I would have I been fine renting it or whatever. It, it left me a little wanting more. But a lot of people are out there enjoying it for sure. I did not see it, so I am void here. <laughs> right, so no tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, definitely would have made an interesting full review, though, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think it will make for interesting discussions if and when there are potential sequels. Because I think it has the legwork. It has the right building blocks, let's say. <laughs> it, it's, done the, it's done the legwork, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so let's move back to Jake, uh, number two that you've seen since we've missed. Interesting. Um, so I'm not doing a, a least to best like you guys are. Mine are a little jumbled. I don't have a, a set list yet. But um, the next movie I'd like to talk about, I just saw a few days ago, um, it is a documentary called Three Identical Strangers. I knew hardly anything going in, and I actually read that's the best way to go in. So I'll make this short and sweet because I would recommend it to pretty much anybody. Documentary, so it's a true story. Uh, it's a fascinating story. Uh, it's basically about these three guys at the age of 19, I believe, all happen to find out that they are triplets. One one guy is uh, is falsely recognized as what ends up being his brother. Uh, and some guy says, I know the guy they're, they're talking about. He takes him to meet him. They find out they're twins. Another guy comes out of the wordworks. They find out they're triplets. And there is a much larger story after that, believe it or not. And it is... Really cool, really fascinating, um, well-done documentary, keeps you engaged the whole time, but also not too long. And I don't want to say much more than that because it is worth seeing, and I think everybody should go see it if you're into, you know, real-life interesting stories like that. Uh, and I'm not a big documentary guy, so seeing this and really liking it um, was really something for me. It was really good. Hmm. Reality is stranger than fiction sometimes. That's pretty, that's, yeah. it sounds like a remarkable story. That's what I read. I purposely didn't read up on it going in because I read that the less you know, the better. Right. Um, and the more the movie goes on, the more you can't believe that this is all true. Right. It's crazy. Those are the best. Like, if somebody wrote this as a script, audiences would go, this isn't believable. Right. <laughs> but this really is believable because it, it did happen. <laughs> so I recommend it for sure. Those are the best kind of documentaries. Yeah. 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 I haven't specifically seen that one. This has been a pretty big year for documentaries so far. Um, there was a, I have seen uh, the Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the Mr. Rogers-based documentary. I saw that a couple days ago. That was really great. Uh, there's a Whitney Houston documentary out there that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen RBG about Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg, uh, the Supreme Court Justice, but I've heard excellent things about that. Interesting. Uh, these movies, they're doing really well at the box office. They're cracking the top ten, which doesn't happen a lot for documentaries, but consistently, this has been a big summer for those. Wow, cool. Yeah, if, if, you, if either of you or anybody listening has a shot to see Three Identical Strangers, I, I would recommend it. It is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Drew, what do you got next? Um, guys, we live in a cynical world. We live in a really sad, cynical world. Uh, where just things are wrong a lot of the times. They're just wrong in a lot of the places of the world. Um, but to quote one of my friends from my number two movie here, if you're kind and polite, the world will be right. I, I like the original Paddington. Um, it was a really, really well done family movie. Um, but Paddington 2 takes everything great about the original and just escalates it. Um, it's It might be the perfect family movie. It's not my favorite family movie, but it does everything you want from it. It's funny. It's so adorable and sweet. Um, and it just has an amazing heart behind it. Ben Winshaw does a great job as Paddington, who is just the most positive, amazing role model for kids watching this movie. Uh, there's some great messages uh, a great villain turn by Hugh Grant, one of his best performances. Uh, Bren- <laughs> Brendan Gleeson is awesome in it. Uh, it's just, it's just exceptional. I mean, it's, it's the textbook example of don't judge a book by its cover because you need to give things like this a chance. 
this is what people miss out on. They miss out on movies like this when they just look at it and just write it off as another Sherlock Gnomes or something like that. Ugh. Yeah, uh, just another family movie. But but it's not. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful, nice movie. And I really recommend it to you guys. I know you both of you have not seen it yet, but I really recommend yeah. it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what there, Drew. Both on and off recording here, you've been harping on how great the Paddington movies have been. Mm-hmm. And I've up to this point, I hadn't seen them. But since you've been bringing it up so much, I actually went and saw the first Paddington movie. And I got to agree with you. It is just so wholesome. It's really, really fun. Um, so I have yet to see the second one. But I definitely am going to give it a shot because you've been harping on it so much. And I encourage everyone listening in, if you have the time, especially if you got like a young family or someone else, and treat them to the original Paddington. And I'm told that the second one definitely will yeah. deliver as well. Looking forward to it. They're just both wonderful. And the numbers don't lie. This is not just me and Nate saying that. 98% for the original, 99% for the second one on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, so I, I guess I should give him a shot. What else do you need, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I should give it a shot. I guess I should. They're wholesome, they're sincere, and they're still a lot of fun. It's great. I was going to compare it to the John Wick series because you said the second one just escalates everything. And that's how I felt about John Wick too. But now it's a bad comparison since you went it wholesome. It is a pretty It's a pretty good <laughs> one. It's not your best one. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of poor comparisons, <laughs> uh, there, there were a couple movies that came out this year. But I don't think any are quite so vulgar as this next one. It's Deadpool 2. Actually, um, directed by one of the John Wick directors. Segways. There you have it. So there you go. Segway indeed. <laughs> so yeah, we've all gotten the opportunity to see it. And um, I'm actually interested to hear what you guys thought about it. But for me, it mirrors a lot of the sequels that we've seen so far this year. Incredibles 2, Jurassic Park 2. Um well, maybe not that's a bad example. <laughs> that's a bad but, example, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whoa. <laughs> um, but we've seen a lot of sequels this year that come close, but not quite as good as the original. And that's how I felt about Deadpool 2. Um, same types of humor. They introduced a lot more characters, which definitely made the movie more interesting. But it still wasn't enough to quite get to the same level for me personally. Um that said, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is still a match made in heaven, and this movie makes itself up for ten times in just the post-credit scene for what they pull off here. Um, definitely a fun, funny superhero movie. Definitely a vulgar superhero movie, um, but still has a lot of heart <laughs> in a wholesome, weird, twisted kind of way. Right. It's a family movie. He says it right off the bat. It it mm-hmm. kind of is. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I liked it a lot. I I do agree it's on a similar playing field, but probably just shy of the original. But actually, I think it made me laugh more than the original, which I was not expecting. I think I, I cackled more um, on Deadpool 2 than I did the first Deadpool. So I will give it that. was not expecting that. Right. See, if we had had this conversation two days ago, uh, I kind of I think I would have echoed exactly everything that Nate said. Um, but I, I actually just rewatched the movie last night. Uh, I was able to finally get back to it after a couple of, it been about two months roughly. Um, and I think I, this one has a little bit of the edge for me. It's very close. Um, Interesting. but I think as opposed to you, I think they're about equal laughter wise. Um, but I think this movie's just more ambitious. It tries more than the original and that's fine. Like, I mean, what the original did was great. I'm not trying to knock that. I, it had to establish a specific tone. 
Um, but this movie is more ambitious in introducing characters, uh, introducing different themes like family. Uh, just it goes, it gets weirder and weirder as it goes along, and the action is way better, way better. Like the set pieces are really strong across the board, uh, especially one right in the middle, which I don't want to talk even more about if you haven't seen it. But it's just it's extended. It goes on for a while. It's got jokes and it has some fantastic action specific moments mm-hmm. where you just go wow that was really cool um so personally they're they're right next to each other but it's like deadpool 2 by a nose for me i think yeah i said they're pretty comparable oh well good for me personally it was i think a lot of it is just the novelty of the original deadpool and just pulling off that kind of movie um and to such critical and financial acclaim yeah. um it's just gonna have the edge up for me and then it's harder to impress me the second time around. But still, very sure. fun time. Highly recommended, especially if you like the first one. So let's move on. Jake, back to you. Alrighty. Um, so Annihilation is in my top three of the year. Um, Avengers is also my top three of the year. But this next one rounds out my top three in no particular order. It is the horror movie that kind of sweeped the nation a little bit, uh, Hereditary. Hereditary, it was being held as like the scariest movie of the decade. Some said scariest movie since Exorcist. Some said it is this generation's Exorcist. It got all kinds of hype, all kinds of critical praise. A little divisive between audiences, but uh, for me, I thought it was pretty damn great. Um, so obviously no spoilers, but it's roughly about... Uh, our main character is uh, Tony Collette. In the movie, her mother has just passed. And it's about the havoc that wreaks on this family afterwards. Yeah, it's about a fucked up family. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just, every, just so many bad things happen. Um I'm not going to go into it any more than that. If you're if you're a horror movie fan, you should see it. If not, don't. It's pretty rough at times. Um Nate, do not see this movie. So, Nate, I'm not going to see it. I actually think he should. It'd be interesting to see what he says. Um, it's for, not... our, for our new listeners, I am the scaredy pants of the group. I'm the guy who needs to hold something soft and warm when I see a horror movie. And I am <laughs> the opposite. If, if you're telling me it's going to terrorize me, I will look for it. Yeah, these guys needed to drag me to it earlier <laughs> when we first started the podcast. I'm not looking forward to seeing this one. Oh, man. Um, so I will say this. It is not scary in the traditional sense that movies like Conjuring and Insidious are. Um, and a lot of new new wave... I'm, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I'm calling them new wave horror movies. Like, it follows Babadook, The Witch, Hereditary. I like it. Yeah, I think that works. They're scary. They're scary in different ways. Not like Conjuring, not like Insidious. They play on themes that are supposed to mess you up and that are supposed to sit with you. And Hereditary is one of the better ones, for sure. It, oh, man. It yeah. just... It's just so well written and well directed to a point where it's just like, holy hell, does it sit with you? It's just so many, so many messy things happen, and you just, you can't. You might want to look away, but you can't. You want to forget it, but you can't stop thinking about it. Um, it's just got brilliant atmosphere, so well crafted by. I think his name is Ari Aster, writer director. Correct. Um, First time writer director. Yeah, first time. What a debut. Yeah. Jesus. It may um, be one of the best debuts I've ever seen. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, no no spoilers for sure, but it is it is not, again, not scary on a traditional sense, but one of the best made horror movies I've seen in a long time. It's, it's an absolutely traumatizing experience. 
Like it's 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 tough. It's it's a tough. You one. guys it's are just, really selling it. <laughs> that's the thing. No, here's the thing, Nate. Like, it's so good, but I've never ever wanted a movie I was loving to be over so fast. Like I needed to. I was getting anxiety. I was like, I need to get out of here. Like yeah, I, I can't I, be in here anymore. This is so tense. So well acted. Tony Collette gives the performance of the fucking year so far in this movie. She is so yeah, she's, she's good great. as the mother of this messed up family. The whole um, family is though. There yeah. are some parts where each of them get to shine. Right. Um, it's just it's a bear of yeah, a horror movie. It's yeah. it, he's right, it's not jump scare filled, but No, but the atmosphere is like like he, like when it ends, you feel like you can untense your shoulders again. Right. He has such control of his characters, he has such control of his camera, especially. And oh, he has, yeah. Camera's, camera work's unbelievable. And this is the most important. He knows when to show things, and he knows when not to show things. And that is the number one thing that horror directors get wrong all the time. All the point. time. He waits, <laughs> he waits for the best possible moment to show you the most unbelievably disturbing thing. Yeah, and the themes and metaphors he work in is what, it, what that he works in are really, really what sits. I, it's weird. I'm looking forward to seeing it again, but like... I'm hesitant to. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I may never watch it again, to be honest. I may never. I, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, but like, you have to be ready. Right. I slept with the lights yeah, on. I actually so. do think you should give it a shot, though. It's not scary like other horror. Like, it It and Hereditary are very different scaries. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, so, I'm yeah, getting the really good. Your electric bill is going to go up because your lights are going to be on while you're sleeping. My turn, right? My turn. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, if we run down, Paddington is my number three movie of the year. Hereditary is my number two. Uh, hmm. And as terrifying as Hereditary is, it's not even my favorite horror movie of the year. I would give that to A Quiet Place by John Krasinski. Crazy. Here's why. Here's the differentiation. Uh, they are two very different movies. Very different. One is borderline closer to like sci-fi thriller than horror. One is very much disturbing family drama. A Quiet Place made me really, really care about its characters. Um, Krasinski, again, another first-time director, right? Yeah, first-time director, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what a de- Another great debut. I take back immediately what I said, where I said it might be the best debut I've ever seen <laughs> for Hereditary and give it to maybe this movie. <laughs> um, again, just such in control of cinematography, such in control of his young actors. Um, the kicker, of course, everybody knows the premise. If they can't hear you, they can't hunt you. Uh, this post-apocalyptic world where these fear-based creatures who move based on sound, so they can't make a sound. He uses sound editing so effectively that it's just gripping. And he just sets up these horrible, worst-case scenario situations throughout the film. And he just builds likable characters with great motivation. Um, The difference between Hereditary and A Quiet Place for me, and what puts A Quiet Place a little bit above it for me, is that in Hereditary, I was freaked out. I was so traumatized. In A Quiet Place, I was freaked out, really almost traumatized on the edge of my seat, and I almost cried. Like, there's a couple of moments where just he sold the emotion of the whole thing, too. Um, So, yeah, Quiet Place right now. I mean, they might both, might flip-flop on a repeat viewing. I don't know. But right now, Quiet Place is my favorite movie of the year. Nice. Spoiler alert, I actually did get to see this one, and I did enjoy it. It was was very, very solid. Um, again, needed to bring my teddy bear into the theater, but it was worth <laughs> it to see this movie because 
in a word, it's just atmosphere. This movie nailed its atmosphere from the very first scene, and it held that momentum all the way through. Right. Um, and you would never expect this out of the guy from The Office, you know? Yeah, it was really. really, really, really cool to just see this world play out. How he convinced his wife to do this is incredible to me. I think she was the one who was on board, actually. I heard she decided that she wanted to do it. Yeah, she was going to be salty if he cast someone else, I think. I think that's what I read. I listened to a lot of interviews with him around the time <laughs> that this came out. But The emotional impact it had on you, it didn't quite have on me, but I still liked it. I was, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, but I guess we should probably move on to Nate's numero uno. All right, so besides Avengers Infinity War is probably the biggest movie of the year so far, and that is none other than Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Uh, This movie blew up the box office, and justifiably so. This was a great spinoff to the already very um, long and detailed Marvel Cinematic Universe, but this focuses on the first major debut of the Black Panther um, since his first appearance in Captain America Civil War. Um, It focuses on T'Challa and his internal struggle within the fictional kingdom of Wakanda. Stars Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, and a stellar supporting cast that honestly stole the movie for me. The supporting cast and the world that it built on was so engaging and so much fun to explore for a first-time Marvel movie. It broke away from the formula, had a great villain... And it showed. Audiences love this movie, and there's a reason that it's still in theaters now, months later. Yeah. Yeah, it is, actually. It is playing in a couple of theaters still, which is remarkable. Remarkable. But You want to talk about a global phenomenon. Like, yeah. I could feel it coming, you know what I mean, when that first trailer landed and everyone was talking about it. But I don't think anybody could have predicted this. You know it's what I mean? just shy of 700 million in the United States. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's, Only happened twice. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel is king. Wakanda forever. I mean, this is their best. This is the best job they've done at differentiating a big comic book world and making it feel like a world that people like actually live in. Yeah. The main thing that I've I've talked about is that Marvel, their their movies are great. Sometimes they just feel like they're kind of in a generic setting. Wakanda is unmistakably Wakanda. They do such Wakanda kicks ass. Ryan Coogler does such a good do- job at making this feel like its own separate universe that these people live in. Mm-hmm. Uh it's remarkable, and he tells a very great kingly story here, too. It's It deserves all the success it got, is all I have to really say. And Michael B. Jordan, maybe my pick for Best Supporting Actor so far this year. And Latita Wright, as uh, his sister, might... Shuri? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she might yeah. she could be up there, too, for Supporting Actress. She was really good. As, just for, based on the field right now. Um, but yeah. yeah. There's so much to dissect in Black Panther. <laughs> right. Um, just great movie. <laughs> so... There you have it, everybody listening back home. Nine movies that came out since January that are definitely worth your time to check out. Let us know what you think about these movies in the comments down below. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Freeze Frame. Here's how you can keep in touch with us. Please like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Middle Seats. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes. Keep an eye out on Facebook and Twitter at The Middle Seats for questions, comments, and updates for future episodes. That'll do it for us. Great to be back. Hoping to get into more of these. Keep that seat warm, everyone, and we'll be back soon. 